Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 5 in how Enoch walked with God and how we are to walk with God ourselves. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's some highlights from yesterday's message. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the characteristic of the with seed God. And so the cosmic radiation is able to penetrate through and to uh, damage man's DNA. Now here's Tom Cantor as we finish our Genesis study this week. That's what it means to walk with God, to get occupied with what God does, with God's heart. And Enoch did what God did or what God wanted to do. I mean, here is Enoch. Look, Enoch, stay on your side of the railroad tracks. You are the with God seed. We are the without God seed. Why are you crossing over the tracks to tell us all these things? And not just to tell us, but to warn us. Okay, so now I want to tell you about Rita in the Bronx. So she listens to the 5 p.m. broadcast on Friendship with God in New York City. And Rita's blind. And she called to tell us that there's a little group of us who are blind. And we gather together every day at 5 p.m. and listen to you. And then she says, I became concerned for my Jewish doctor, my Jewish eye doctor in Roosevelt Island. And so she said she called and wanted gospel literature and DVDs so she could bring her there. And then she says, you know, I can't wait for my next appointment with my Jewish eye doctor because Rita knows that the only hope for her Jewish doctor is the Lord Jesus Christ. Rita can't physically see, but Rita does see the Lord Jesus Christ as God and the only hope for anyone. Now her Jewish doctor can physically see. He can physically see, but he can't see. And so Rita is like Enoch because Rita, as part of the with God seed, is going to the without God seed and bringing that message which she knows is so powerful that it can actually carry her doctor friend from the without God seed over the tracks to the with God seed. See? She knows that. And so the words that come to mind about Rita is 2 Corinthians 4.18, where it says this, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's Enoch. He looked at the things which were not seen. What was not seen? The coming judgment. And he saw the coming judgment, and it caused him to go out and preach. Preach what? There's mercy with God. There's grace with God. There's forgiveness with God if you turn. And the way verse 24 reads, it speaks about Enoch, and it says that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You know, the way it says that, he was not, it kind of brings the idea that they went looking for him. (laughs) Where's Enoch? You know, what happened to Enoch? He was supposed to come home today. He didn't come home. Well, somebody go out and try to find him. Let's find out where's Enoch. And they come back and they say, he's not. (laughs) They say, he's not. Sounds a little like the rapture, doesn't it? They go out, he's not. It doesn't say he walked with God and God took him. Now, told you a little scientific explanation about DNA. 
Okay? There's no scientific explanation I can give for this. And so one day, a little girl was sent by her mom to Sunday school. And when she came home, she was so excited to tell her mom that she had learned from the teacher that Enoch walked with God and he didn't die. That God just took him and he didn't die. And so the little girl's mom looked kind of puzzled and said to her daughter, what? What happened to Enoch? And the little girl said, well, the teacher told us that Enoch walked with God and he didn't die. And so the mother said, now how could that have happened? You know? So the little girl, she looks at her mom, gives a big sigh, you know, adults. And she says, well, mom, looks like this is what happened. See, every day God would come by Enoch's house. And he would say to Enoch, Enoch, would you like to walk with me today? And Enoch would come out of his house and go down to the gate, walk out the gate. He'd go walking with God. And after a while, Enoch, he got to really like walking with God. Enoch liked walking with God so much that he started waiting at the gate for God to come by the next morning so they could go walking. And God would come by and just say, Enoch, let's take a walk. And they would walk. And one day, God came by in the morning and said to Enoch, Enoch, let's take a long walk today. I have so much I want to tell you. And so they were walking and walking and walking and walking. And finally, Enoch said, oh, no, it's getting really late. I better go back. And God just said to Enoch, Enoch, you're closer to my home than you are to your home. Why don't you just come to my home today? (laughs) And so Enoch said, okay, and he went home with God. You understand, Mom? See, that's why kids are so great, because they don't have to come up with some scientific explanation for for what happened. It's just very simple for them to understand. Well, two men were walking. Turn that, please. Uh, Luke 24, 13 through 32. Get a lot of instruction out of this. Two men are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're going down the road. And it says, Behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlong. And they talked together of all things which had happened. They were talking about the things that had happened. First point. It came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, okay, they were discussing and reasoning and how could it be and looking at it from different angles. Important that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding, they should not know him. He said unto them, What manner of communications are these which you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast thou now known the things which come to pass in these days? He said, What things? And so he said, No, because Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed. Now, skip down to verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses, Genesis 1.1, and all the prophets, Malachi, end of chapter 4, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What's interesting here, drop down to verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, while he opened unto us the scriptures. 
So what does it mean to walk with God? Something very special with regard to the Scriptures. It means that when we walk with God, we think about the Scriptures. We talk about the Scriptures with our friends. Turn to John 5, 37 through 40. Now here, whenever you come to a passage like this in John 5, to get the full meaning and the impact of it all, it's very important to color into the picture the audience. In other words, to whom is he speaking? Is he speaking to his family? Is he speaking to his disciples? Is he speaking to his three most innermost? Is he speaking to the multitudes of sheep? Is he speaking to his enemies? Well, this particular passage, he's speaking to his enemies. Chapter 5 opens with him in Jerusalem at one of the very crowded and public times of the year, the feast. It was a Sabbath day. He heals a man. A group gathers around him. In verse 18, identified as the Jews sought the more to kill him. So he's speaking to his enemies. And now we find out what it means to walk with God with regard to the scriptures in verse 37, where he says, The Father himself which hath sent me, hold that, hath borne witness of me, ye have neither heard his voice, hold that, at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent. Him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. Most amazing thing. Saw recently Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, speaking to a group. I've watched him before speak to many groups, to the UN, to Jews in America, his friends. And this time he was speaking to Christians united for Israel. I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And so he starts off and he says, you know, we both drink from the same wellspring of Siloam. And so he says, uh, you know, he was a great expert on the Bible, that uh, every week he has a Bible study, and that his son Avner was Israel's Bible champion. And he would have been the world Bible champion except for the question put forward by the prime minister, his father, and he couldn't get it. Said, very proud. Anyway, and he started to describe the Bible. Well, first, before he actually did that, he actually was describing another book with some series of books written by some famous man I forgot. And he was saying, oh, it's so wonderful. And he's explaining this, and he said, new concepts in the Bible. Oh, yeah, what are those? Women's rights. Oh, you know, and accountability of kings. And I thought, oh, man. But nothing of food for the soul. Not the same. Let me put it that way. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking in John 5, how could this be? That he is speaking to those who knew the Bible forwards and backwards, better than we do. They wouldn't sit there and wonder whether it was Nathan or not. They knew it all, forward and backwards. And he says to them these words. Very important statement. And the first thing he tells them is that they did not believe one word, and he uses it twice in verse 37 and 38. See the word? 5, 37, 38. One word using 37, again using 38. It's the word sent. They didn't believe the word sent. In other words, they didn't believe that he was the sent one, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ. And so that was the first thing they didn't believe. As when we walk with God, we believe that he is the Messiah. We believe that he is the sent one from God. And then it says in verse 39, he goes on and he describes the scriptures as they that testify of me. To walk with God is to believe something very special about the Bible. To walk with God is to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the subject, 
is the theme, is the goal, and is the heart of the Bible. And when we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the value of the Bible in that way. Why? The Bible brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible brings the Lord Jesus Christ to us. When we come to the Bible and we are unprepared and unpresentable to be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible shows us how to be forgiven by God, how to be made clean by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember Pharaoh? When Pharaoh sent men to go get Joseph out of prison, it's very interesting there because it doesn't say that Joseph just ran up there to say, well, here I am. You want to? It says that he took time and he shaved himself and he changed his clothing. Now, like those men, and I have the impression that those men were helping Joseph, you know, got him a new change of clothes, whatever. And like those men, the Bible comes to us in the prison of our sin. And like those men, the Bible tells us God wants to meet with you. And like those men, the Bible shows us the fountain of blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that can cleanse us from all sin. And like those men, the Bible shows us how to change our clothes, take off the filthy rags of our own good works, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to the Bible, first of all, knowing nothing about the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible brings him to us. And as we walk with God, then we see how we need to be made presentable and brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. What the Bible does Now, he said to his enemies, there were two things that never happened to them. It says here, they had never seen the shape of God. Well, what do you mean never seen the shape of God? Nobody's ever seen the shape of God. No, wait a minute. What did he mean by that? See in verse 18, when they were seeking to kill him, it says, therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They got that one right. In other words, they understood that he was claiming to be God. And so what he said was that because you don't accept me as God, you don't see the shape of God. The shape of God is standing in front of you right now, he was saying to them, and talking to you. And so you've never seen the shape of God, and you never will, unless you recognize that I am God from the Lord Jesus Christ's point of view. So to walk with God is to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. Second, he said, you've never heard the voice of God at any time. He was saying, look, with all your learning of the Bible, Prime Minister Netanyahu, his son Avner, you've never heard the voice of God at any time, he said. And now who was he talking to? He was talking to a people who at the age of six entered Betsafer. And how did Betsafer go? Good morning, children. And good morning, teacher. And then uh, she says, And then she says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then they all repeated. And for four solid years, that's all they did. There was never any commentary of what it meant. It was just repeat, repeat, repeat. The Talmud says, take children or like an ox, stuff them with the Bible, uh, stuff them with the Word of God. So that's what four years did. At the end of four years, those children, when they were 10 years old, could stand and recite the whole Torah. They didn't need to know names of books, which were added just about a thousand years ago. They didn't need to have chapter designations and verse designations, which are a recent addition also. They could recite the whole thing. Where would you like to begin? 
when they were 10 years old because that's how it was drilled into them. And then when they were 10 years old, they entered Bet Talmud. Bet Talmud, they went for another four years. And what did they do there? Let's start with Joshua 1.1 and we'll finish with the end of Malachi, the whole rest of the Bible. When they were 14 years old, they could stand and recite the whole 39 books of the Old Testament. They knew the Bible. They knew it better than we did. But they never heard the voice of God at any time. With all of that, oh, they could daubin like crazy, back and forth, recite it, it's over like that. One after that, they knew it all, but they never heard the voice of God. To walk with God is to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ in the scriptures to our hearts. And then he told them that he didn't have his word abiding in them. Well, they had, what do you mean they have the word abiding in them? They had, they memorized the whole thing up here. But they never had the words, they never saw it as the words of the Lord Jesus Christ abiding in them. So we view the Bible as the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, he summed it all up with the real problem was in verse 40 of John 5. He said, you will not come to me that you might have life. He said to them, you have one singular need. You are desperate for life. You are woefully dead. And there's one singular source for life, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's one singular way to have that life, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, anything but that. Anything but coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They took the Naaman leper position. Naaman leper, prophet told him, go down to the muddy Jordan, dip seven times. He said, no way. Anything but that. He said, are not Arbana and Farfa, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters in Israel? May I not wash in them be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And they said, anything but come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they remained in their death. But we learn from this that to walk with God is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ for life. For life. The greatest need that we have is death in ourselves. Because the death in ourselves says, I don't want God. I want to be independent from God. That's death. And we constantly need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the one who Paul called the spirit of life. In Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So to walk with God, let's sum it up, is to hold the Bible in a special place where we see it as the book that we think about when we're alone, that we talk about when we're with our friends. We see it as the book that must be open to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We see it as the book that shows us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the sent one, the Messiah sent by God. We see the book as the overall theme, the subject, the goal, the heart, is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the book as the book that brings the Lord Jesus Christ to us and brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see it as the book that convinces us that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. And the book where we hear the words of the living Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us in the personal needs of our life now. And the book we use to come to the Lord Jesus Christ to find what we so desperately need, life. That's what it is to us. And to walk with God is to view the book in that way. Now, one last thing before we close, and if you turn to it, Amos 3.3. 3. 
which is a question to think about what it means to walk with God. Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk yachad? Can two walk behold and how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, yachad? Can two be an echad? Can two be together even though they may have different personalities, they may have different ideas, but can they both be together and can they walk together unless they're agreed? To walk with God is to agree with God. And to agree with God is to have the heart of God. When he started the uh, teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, it says he saw the multitudes and he sat down and he taught them, he preached to them, he instructed them. He showed them the way to heaven. To walk with God is to have those same passions, those same compassions as he had when he came through Jericho in Luke 19. And there was this man, Zacchaeus, and he said he was chief among the publicans. He was a hated Jew because he was a turncoat and he was rich, sold out. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up where Zacchaeus, why did he look up? He was looking for Zacchaeus. He was looking for him. To have the heart of God is to look for the lost who need the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, make haste, come down. Today I'm going to abide in your house. To have the heart of God is to have chutzpah, to have nerve. (laughs) As to insert yourself um, because you see the need. You see the need. And then when Zacchaeus said, Lord... And then he, you remember he said, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything by any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Repentance. Repentance. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, this day salvation is come to this house. Why? Because he said, one, two, three, repeat after me? No. Because there was repentance. He had brought him to repentance. He said, look, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. To walk with God is to agree with God. To walk with God is to view yourself as coming into the world, like he did, looking. Where's that tree? Where's that Zacchaeus? He's got to be up here somewhere. Seeking to save. What is salvation? Repentance. To save a changed life. And to save that which was lost. To walk with God is to see the world in two categories, saved or lost. Nothing in between. Lost on their way to hell, save on their way to heaven. That's what it means to walk with God. And God has enabled us to do this. Thank God for that privilege that we have. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for inviting us to walk with us. Thank you for walking with us, Lord, and for the high privilege of it all, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive to what it means to walk with God, to want to walk with God, to walk with God. And to hold you dear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Now, would you like any of Tom Cantor's resources, materials, books, or videos? You can call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or you can go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. There you can go to our online resource section and order Tom Cantor's materials. Again, that's friendshipwithgod.org or call us today, 1-800-247-3051. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel? 
Well, we would like to put a gospel gift into their hands or your hands to give to them. You can contact us directly by phone and we can help you to do that today. 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. And we can help you to fulfill God's command to go to his lost nation of Jewish people first. Many of us know a Jewish doctor, lawyer, businessman, friend, neighbor, co-worker, or someone else even in our own family that might be Jewish. So call us today. Let us help you to reach them with the gospel. 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Now to get a copy of today's broadcast, you can go to friendshipwithgod.org and there you can find today's message and previous messages that are available for free listening or free download. Our websites again are friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. And there you can learn more about Tom Cantor and study more about the friendship of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we'd like to hear from you and what you like about the Friendship with God radio program. So call us today at 1-800-247-3051. You can also send an email to Tom Cantor directly. That's Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom, C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, is there a biblical question from the Old Testament that you have wondered about and that you would like an answer to? Tom Cantor would like to answer it on the Friendship with God radio program. Just send your question to Tom Cantor by email. Again, it's Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor directly at P.O. Box 711-330. That's 711-330. Santee, S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Or again, call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now, don't forget that you can find Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, and the Friendship with God radio program on Facebook. And you can receive a daily devotional verse from Tom Cantor. So look for us on Facebook today. Thanks for listening.